Good people of Los Angeles, we're back on the Zooms. We're not going to be on the Zooms for too much longer. Things are getting better out there, out there in the world, out there in Zoomy land. Hopefully the physical reality is coming soon. And we've got a dope physical reality coming your way. Less than two weeks, three weeks. It's going to be called the Saturday's Football Store. Our guest this evening, Matt Davis of Saturday's Football fame. Man, this guy, you know, Spice reached out to him, got him on the pod, and you're really in for a treat. If you love football and you love the city and you've played the game or you've consumed the game via jerseys or you've thought about what the dopest way to ingest this sport in all of its facets would look like in Los Angeles, this man has has created that for you. And he's about to launch it very, very soon uh, in Highland Park. And we just get to dive deep on his story, his oldest football memories. We got Shakira makes an appearance. We got Argentina making an appearance. We've got indoor football making an appearance. We've got Ante Razov making an appearance and it's not to attack any coaches. It's to score amazing goals. So, you know, we just had a great conversation with Matt. We really t- appreciate him taking the time to, to link with us as they're getting everything together, signed jerseys, rare jerseys, jerseys with Sonic the Hedgehog on them. Man, we covered so much ground in this episode. It's impossible for me to squeeze it all in an intro the way I always try to. But guys, guess what? It's springtime. New teas are here. Let's get it. Let's get excited. Play free. Tea is free. Slim hit him with the warning. Ladies and gentlemen, we are all at home, so background noise is at a minimum, but flagrancy is at an all-time high, so if you're around children or at work and you shouldn't be listening to profanity, it's probably a good time to stop listening. I don't I don't feel like cussing today. All right, Josh, Biggie Josh, 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 Josh. Him, motherfucker. Let's go. Oh, okay. FCFC. Welcome to FCFC Pod, where two scholars and a dickhead look at the world through a black and gold tinted lens. It's your favorite Korean thicky. It's your boy Slim. And we have our LAFC model sitting to my left, Josh <laughs> Sexy, in pink, nice, everything spice. You know what it is. You already know what it is. The I'm North End Sex Symbol. And we have the bearded one coming at us all the way from Utah. The big dweez is out here in the northern lights, as always. I'm chasing snow while there's still snow, you guys. I mean, I don't know if we're going to have snow in many winters in the future, so I'm just trying to get it while I can. (laughs) And we have a very special guest today. We, uh, in the LAFC, the Black and Gold community, we call... um, our unnamed stadium, our cathedral. And the gentleman joining us tonight 
actually bought out a wedding chapel and is bringing a new cathedral of football <laughs> to the neighborhoods of Highland Park. We have yeah. Mr. Matt Davis of Saturday's Football joining us on the Zoom tonight. Never, brow, brow, brow. Never, never had that one yet. That's that's a good one. They bought out a chapel. That's scary. Uh, yeah, that's pretty wild. I mean, we're going to get to that. But before we do, we have Dweez who usually sets us off with our first question. Matt, when we get guests on, you know, whatever their football background, we like to ask this just to sort of get a starting point for everyone and you know, the question is your oldest football memory. Can you tell us about it? Uh, mm, this is a good one. I'm old, so it's going to be an old one. Uh, 40, 47. So uh, uh, okay. this man doesn't look a day over 32. Uh, That's awesome. True. I don't know, man. I don't know. Second child on the way. I feel like I ate uh, 14 years and two. So uh, it's, uh, <laughs> they'll do it's that bad. to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait as long as you possibly can. I'm assuming none of you have kids, but wait as long as you possibly can. Uh, nah, so yeah, so you know, growing up in Southern California in the LA area my whole life, um, you know, left for a while to play and stuff, but you know, like I grew up here, so um, yeah, I remember uh, way back when 1990 World Cup qualifier El Camino Community College is where the World Cup qualifier was between the US and Trinidad Tobago, believe it or not. And you could basically not buy a ticket if you didn't want to and just like go in. That's the, wow. the, state, the state of the game in 1990, uh, 1989 probably was the year because it was qualifier for the Italy World Cup. Um, my dad and I rolled in. It was literally in a community college stadium. A World Cup qualifier. So think about that, how far it's come. And like, I've seen it from that to where it is now. It's an immense amount of sort of like being in this thing for that many years um, to now where it is. It's just, it's unbelievable. So yeah, that's, that's probably my earliest mat, like seeing a actually going to a match sort of thing, because there's no professional league going on because it was like the the desert between NASL dropping off of MLS starting that like football desert you know period so yeah that was our only thing is a world cup qualifier here and there and like uh very random Bundesliga shows in the middle of the night you had to like tape with your VCR you know and set the old set the old VCR up and, and hit like four buttons and then hopefully the timer worked right and you actually got the whole entire thing and then you stack them all up and you keep them yeah that was that was a life back then wow so so young Matt's rolling with his pops to this qualifier I mean are you excited about it or are you getting dragged along to this is this is this inspired by your interest in the game then or your dad's just like you're coming because I've I'm in on this game like how did that how did how does that you know that entry point happen for you guys uh, I was obsessed so I play yeah I was obsessed so my dad could care you know he was he was I was dragging him along yeah. uh you know he was a uh, truck driver, never played any sports, could care less, you know, just like to work on cars kind of guy. And I was all like obsessed with, you know, basketball, baseball, but mostly soccer. I, was, I think I was probably like done with all the other sports, but then just focused on soccer. But yeah, no, I was, I was fully obsessed in a, 
in a, uh, you know, a country that had nothing going on, <laughs> literally nothing going on with the game uh, at the time. So it was a very weird, weird thing to be a kid like that with no professional league to follow uh, in their neighborhood, nothing going on. Yeah, so. exactly. How does someone get obsessed with soccer during a time like that in a, in a climate like that? yeah i was kind of weird man like i i really like i had a pen pal uh through uh, soccer america that i found in uh all these little pen pals you actually write literally write letters to them and they write you back these kids living in like one kid in monaco so i learned about like monaco and their team and their club and i learned about uh i forget i think it's nottingham forest i had a kid that i we write back and forth talk about stuff so and then you know like literally there was the the EPL roundup show at that time. And I don't even know if it was the EPL. It might've been the English first division at the time. And then it became the EPL. Um, Bundesliga was available like at two in the morning on some weird channel. Um, so yeah, I don't know, man, it's weird. You just, yeah, you're the outcast really. You just, you wear gazelles. People are like, what the fuck are those? Uh, Sambas, like you just, you're just the weird kid, man. You wear the, the, the the lotto shorts the school with the check dude it's just you just i don't know now now you're not the weird kid anymore you know but you were a weird kid for a long time yeah i mean being passionate about stuff like for anything back in the day before the internet was like you were like kind of a weirdo for that thing you're passionate about because no, like it was so niche nobody knew about it and you didn't know where to find communities where you could like you know level with people and that stuff but pen pals that's wild because my handwriting like i could never have a pen pal they would never <laughs> you'd lose the pal part quick you just be yeah. sending them rubbish they'd probably just be like fuck this guy he's you know <laughs> but matt i mean you so you're you fell in love with the game as well from playing it right yeah. it sounded like you played a bunch of other sports what was it about that sport that suited you or what did you like about the actual playing of it maybe compared to some of these other you know standard issue american sports uh i mean baseball is super boring um i played it you know for my 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 grandfather my mom it's so boring uh basketball i just wasn't you know i'm I'm like about six one now but at the time you know that doesn't do you anything in in basketball so it just like was perfect, you know, like it's, it's just, just fit. I don't know, man. It just like to run around and be crazy. So it was like the perfect, you know, sport to like do that. And, and I got lucky, man. I had, I lived in Altaloma. It's a like Ranch Cucamonga, like that area where there's a lot of like, a lot of soccer uh, for even back then. So like I've ran, one of my coaches used to play for United. Another used to play for Bayern Munich, like just random they happened to live in the neighborhood and they were like oh i'll go coach some kids uh <laughs> so so i got lucky in that sense too you know because was generally like when we play now there's like paid coaches that was some guy's fucking dad you know like hey your dad wants a job all right cool and he's got like a book out all right put the cone there do this okay make <laughs> them run around it was a joke it, i'm now looking back you know i didn't know them but it's just some dad just figuring it out and doing the best he could, you know, now it's just so developed. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> we all just kind of like took that in. Like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, but I, when I, um, when Matt and I got to, to chat once before, and um, I think the gazelle story and the Samba story really stuck out because like, 
you know, like just being like clowned on for like seeing like what, what, what is it? What are those on your feet to like now, Matt, you're actively talking to these brands like all the time, right? You're talking to the Adidas of the world. You're talking to the Nikes of the world and you're really seeing not only global soccer culture change, but like your hometown and your home state change around like uh, just the popularity of soccer, man. So what's it been like for you as someone who's like actively been here shaping the space to see like the other people around you start to get it? Yeah, weird. it's weird at first, honestly. So it's been a few years. Uh, you know, there's a lot, a lot of new people to this this thing, you know, that we're, that's going on. Um, some, I think, like, genuinely, like, love it. Some are in it for, like, maybe, you know, they see there's an economic, you know, uh, uh, something they can, you can make money at it, or some people, um, you know, or one thing hop over. But I think it's good all the way around, you know, uh, at first. I was really weird about it because I was like, man, these people are, are some people act like experts, you know, and they're, they don't know anything, you know, it's just like, you know, cause these days with the access we have to everything, anybody can be an expert, you know, like all you need is a, is a freaking fucking computer and okay. And, and, and some, something and you're, you're the man, but like being in it for as long as I've been in it. Um, yeah. But you know, now I think it's great. I think that like, anybody creating in the space is amazing. Like it's a good for everybody um, or anybody getting into it is good for everybody. And having all these different like um, opinions and all these different um, sort of uh, views on what's going on. Even if it's your like, I've talked to people at LAFC matches that have never, they're like, oh yeah, I was like, you know, I love the Dodgers, but a bunch of my friends were into LAFC. So I decided to come and this shit is fun. You know what I mean? Which is great. You know, um, there's that guy in there. You know, I've met people that are just like, you know, I walk around the stadium when the game's going out. I literally run into guys I haven't seen in 15 years that I used to play with uh, or coach with or something. So it's it's really crazy. It goes from one end of the spectrum to the other. And I just think that it's just part of our it's so different when I go to Europe or all those places, you know, because here we're just like this. It's the the early frontier days, you know. Yeah. Uh, when you when you look at when you compare it, you know, like there, it's all about tradition. It's all about like that. Here, it's like fashion, music, collaboration, uh, mainstream hitting football. Like, how do we combine those two? Brand new people getting into it. Usually, it's you know, it's like, oh yeah, my my grandfather was a socio. My dad was a socio. So I am, and that's just the way it is. And, you know, it is, but now like people are deciding, oh, I want to be with this group um, for whatever reason. And we have no history, zero, basically. Well, even even if you have 20 years of history, it's zero history for you yeah. comparatively. Uh, and you're creating all these like, you know, traditions and customs and stuff based around, you know, these new things. And that was done like a hundred years ago <laughs> everywhere else. So yeah. it, it's really cool to kind of be in this interesting time. Yeah, man, there's, um, I, I, I think what we're, I just want to talk about like the, the pure football loving notions. I think Matt, I think your pen pal story is incredible because like it'll go up there in one of the FCFC, like for the, for the love of the game, kind of like beautiful, <laughs> like stories we've had in the past, but Sam and I have always been clear. Like when we, when we got into supporter culture, we were like, we didn't, we didn't know very much about it at all. You know, like people are like actively teaching us while we're doing it and all that stuff. And one of the times that made me realize like, damn, like 
I, I can like read about all this stuff, but I don't really understand it until you experience it was during World Cup time um, outside of Nikki Sports when um, Panini came out with their new sticker book for the World Cup. Oh, and these middle aged dudes are just Freaking outside, out. you know, yeah, like ripping sticker packs <clears throat> open, like swapping and trading it and like making sure they get all like all all the teams like sticker yearbook collections done. And I was like, holy shit, like this is like so much. Big. It's like such a minute thing, but also like that speaks so so many volumes about how big this game is and how how much it's infiltrated every part of our lives, you know? Yeah, we geek out on that stuff. I mean, you guys, when you guys come by, we'll have scarves, panini stickers, like breakdown, like we have thousand those thousand vintage kits in our in our place right now for the opening of the retail. Breaking down years and badges and third kits and what happened in them and like what year and why it's special because this happened. And, you know, like the black Catanon jersey from that year is only cool because he like literally kicked some guy in the face with it on. Like, it's just like, they're so, it's overwhelming. And like all my friends that uh, follow like American sports and they, I have a ton of friends that follow American sports and they're like, you're crazy, man. Like all the leagues, all the players, oh, what's a, what's the national team and what's this? Uh, I'm, and, you know, I decided to, it's a lot. Like if somebody wants to start getting into it, mm-hmm. it's just a mountain of things to like get. And it just takes years, honestly. It just, it just takes years of just being in it. And then you just like osmosis, man. You just like absorb all this shit. And you're just, you know, after a while, it just becomes, you know, you become obsessed really. Yeah. So if- dirt, oh, go ahead, Dweez. Now, I was going to say, if uh, if someone like Josh Gross, you know, the um, the co-host of the other, this, our sister pod was on here, he might have a, something to say about like fighting, I, I think. But I, I was just thinking as you were talking about that, it's like world football is the one sport that really has no bottom. Like as 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 much as anyone could be an expertise, like you can't tell me that there's someone who knows everything there is to know about South America, the South American game, everything there is to know about the European game, everything there is to know about the game, say in Africa or in Asia. And they can talk about like the developments in North America, like in, in anything close to like what you could for someone who's like, let me tell you every stat about major league baseball, right. Or, or the NFL basketball as well. I mean, these are global games as well. Some of them, but like, there's no bottom you know i mean there is a bottom to them but there's no bottom to world football like there isn't there isn't i don't think you could you could spend the rest of your life and you're not going to know it all and there's something beautiful as someone who loves jazz and tea (laughs) i I think there's something that draws us in to like these these cultures that are like that have no bottom um that there's no end to it because those panini stickers the proverbial ones and the real ones sort of last forever right yeah i mean uh, there's a few maybe authors, you know, that I know that like they've written, like written tons of books on and stuff, but like, but yeah, it really is it. I mean, it's so, it's so immense. So someone that has been like in such a deep dive of the football world and culture, like for so long now, like who are some of the team or the team that you're a fan of or you support? <clears throat> uh, I mean, I'm a Barcelona guy. Um, and my, I came to be a Barcelona guy. Uh, when I was 19, I went down with the, the, U, the U.S. five-a-side team. We played in Argentina. Um, so I was, I was, you know, a 19-year-old kid. I was in Buenos Aires. Um, I, I fell in love with River Plate. Um, 
And then River Plate started like selling a lot of players to Barcelona. And then I got into that. And then, you know, I grew up around a bunch of Argentinians and it just happened that way. So that's like, again, a very American story of how you get into whatever team. You know, you hear like a lot of people, ah, I studied abroad and, you know, I was in a Rome. So, you know, I went to a game and boom, I'm a Roma supporter. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that was my kind of thing. And, you know, that was 1992-ish um, when I started, you know, doing that. So I've seen a lot of Barcelona ups and downs since then. A lot of great stuff. Fortunately, I came along at the right time. Um, but yeah, I've been to like Champions League matches at Camp Nou. Um, I had a great story last time I was at... Uh, it was the match after we went out to Liverpool in the Champions League. You know, at Anfield, we got dusted uh, and we, we gave up four goals. The next home game I was in, in Camp Nou. And a friend of mine, he, he goes, um, hey, man, are you going to go to the match? I'm in town. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to go. But my wife and my kid are here, so I don't want to, like, leave them. He's like, trust me, come with me. Don't, just trust me. Okay. So he goes, hey, come to Gate G. And I'm, like, thinking – I know a gate G, man. That's like really close to the credential gate. <clears throat> He's like, he grabs me, go, let's go. Long story short, we end up in the uh, family suite of Gerard Piquet with Shakira, the kids, <laughs> me, him, and Piquet's parents. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Watching the game. It like, it's like being at the best table at the club. Like, <laughs> you know, like in the stadium, because you go out onto the 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 like outside part of the the suite uh -huh. everybody's looking up to find shakira and there's like two like plain old white dudes sitting there <laughs> everybody's That's like amazing. who are these idiots and that that where's shakira uh yeah it was a great it was cool like it's one of my better <laughs> better barcelona game stories but yeah i've been there did they win did they win that night hetafe yeah they won yeah. so but it was a weird, weird. She's like, "What do you? I was, I was sitting next to Shakira. That's fuck the game. Point. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it, Dweez. I definitely <laughs> would say I wasn't sitting next to her, but <laughs> we we were in the same vicinity. Uh, but yeah, it was the game after that loss, that big Champions League loss. Uh, so the mood was terrible. Uh, literally every time Coutinho touched the ball, he got whistled like louder. He got whistled oh. by like eighty thousand people. Yeah, it is. It was weird. It was like a really terrible mood in the stadium. But um, but yeah, it was, it's cool. So yeah, that's my you know Barcelona is my my thing for better or worse for worse right now. Matt, <laughs> yeah. Matt, you also you know you talked a little bit about it earlier. Yeah, and you've kind of dipped in and out of the subject. But like your playing days, I mean, you you did play in several countries, from what I understand. And and for me, like. And those folks who've listened to our podcast before, they would know Joseph Zacher of Black Army and Heart of LAFC fame. You know, he he kind of like has similar stories about like you could say like early American or early Los Angeles, like supporter culture. And someone we also had recently, Larry Berg, who's a co-owner of LAFC or the lead managing owner of LAFC. He has like, you know, this earlier 1970s um memories of like supporter culture and then and and wsl i mean nasl days but you're sort of the missing link between them and the biggest difference is that you also played and i want to hear a little bit about your playing 
days as well, because we're going to continue to talk about Saturdays and football and stuff like that. But I want to hear just a little bit more about, can you, can you chart us your, your sort yeah, of trajectory yeah. real quick? So we yeah, let's set your credentials, Matt. Yeah. Let's get it out there. Cause half of us just drink and watch the game. You actually played fucking laid out for us. Your world, your world. Uh, uh, no, I came, I came, I wouldn't say like pioneer days, but pretty damn close. Uh, I was a freshman in high school in 1988. So let's just, let's just lay that out there. Uh, you know, there was, there was, you know, at that time it was all American football, basketball, you know, like nobody really give a shit about your, your soccer program. There were club teams, but like, again, like a dad was coaching it. It was, it was like very random. So I played, I got recruited. I got a full ride to division one school, played that played for four years. Uh, I left in 95. So there was no professional league. <laughs> yeah, this is the, yeah, yeah, this is the same. This is the same year Kobe Jones went down to play for Vasco da Gama. <clears throat> and then he came back with the quickness. So yeah, this, yeah. Continue. So it's, it's just a weird reality, right? So you're, you're like uh, playing and, you know, our league was, um, you know, uh, we played, you know, UCLA was in our, our conference in New Mexico, UNLV, uh, Santa Barbara, so, but at that time, because there was no real like move movement overseas, like you couldn't just like go to Europe like you can now. Like, I mean, there's like a thousand kids in Europe right now, US kids. Um, it, the teams were incredible. Like I played against Eddie Lewis. I played against Ante, Ante Razov was, was at UCLA. I went up against him every single year. Um, like, yeah, the names that were on our rosters were insane. Like you looking back now, because there was really no like, opportunity so i came out um i left early and, and at the time there was indoor soccer was kind of big in the united states so a lot of the nba teams um the nhl teams they owned indoor soccer teams because they could play in the arenas in the off seasons it was it was great man like like there were two leagues there's one on the east coast one on the west coast you could play on the west coast in the summer east coast in the winter so you jump back and forth from teams and the contracts just worked out and like yeah, did that a little bit, went down, tried to play abroad, uh, you know, down Argentina. I got a couple offers to go different places, but it was really like, and then MLS kicked in in 96, 97, 98, but it was really like the money was just awful. It's still awful, honestly, uh, for, for like a professional athlete. Um, mm. So it was even t worse there. I mean, there were guys making like starting with some teams making like 13 grand a year. Uh, it was crazy. So for me, it, it just made a lot more sense to uh, start businesses, you know, get into the my business life. You know, I figured it better start like starting things and failing earlier <laughs> than, than later so I could make my mistakes when I had less to lose. So, yeah, I just I just sort of like saw the writing on the wall and I was like, you know, uh, it's probably better that I do that, you know, even if you were incredibly good, if you weren't on the national team or anything like that, you weren't making uh, hardly any money. Uh, and I saw guys in their thirties retiring with like sort of nothing, not that much, you know? Um, so he did that. Yeah. So I went into business and stuff and, and, you know, from there, you know, that's where I started doing a ton of soccer projects, even, you know, in the early two thousands and stuff. So good. So you were able to like, to, to play and then you know tie in some of your interests in the game that had built over all those years and all those trips and all those memories into you know passion projects that eventually turned into what we know as saturday's football but before we get into saturday's football i think we're gonna take our quick break 
Cool. Uh, first quick break, quick bathroom break. We'll get back with Matt here shortly and we'll keep it rocking. back here with FCFC pod here with Matt Davis of Saturday's football the man who bought a church chapel as Slim put before <laughs> um, he bought a church y'all but this is not the the long-awaited cult movement that y'all been waiting for this is uh Matt starting uh kind of an open open forum open space for the the footy nerds of Los Angeles to come together and congregate but man I was telling these guys before Matt but like the space that you took over during during the pandemic is so wild and so ridiculous to think about. First of all, it's beautiful architecture. It's got like a real um, kind of polish and uh, kind of really, really cool charm to it. But let's let's talk about the different features this is going to have. First of all, you took me outside, which is going to be a 3v3 outdoor um, field, right? Outdoor court. Inside, you're going to have um, a, a seven days a week kit shop with vin- like thousands of vintage kits mixed with Saturday's football merchandise. And underneath, this one was the, was the, real, uh, was the real, real crazy one, was um, a speakeasy bar that you're talking about possibly having a monthly membership to, to have uh, unlimited drink access and footy <laughs> talk access. Like, man, what's, uh, was it more of you saw the building and then you started like, you started injecting kind of um, what you what what you thought could really play well in there, or did you always have this idea for the clubhouse that will work for the larger LA football culture? Yeah, I always had the idea for the clubhouse. It's been in my my brain for like a couple of years, but um, you know, it's just so hard. Everybody knows living in LA, it's just the real estate is incredibly expensive. So to get anything to cash flow, you know, like that, you're really gonna have to get creative. And, you know, one of the silver linings of, of a very bad situation, which is the pandemic, is that just commercial real estate is just like super cheap. The rents are super cheap. So we were able to, um, it's a, it's a incredible, like iconic building in LA, historical building in LA, 8,800 square feet. Um, it's got outdoor space, it's got indoor spaces. It was just perfect. It's in my neighborhood that I live in. I drove by it for years. I knew all about it. I weekly was searching on LoopNet, which is like the commercial real estate version of Zillow. And boom, just one day it was there. And I was like, no fucking way. This is here. No way. Uh, immediately called and, you know, the guys were great. Uh, and we made a deal. And now we have... Um, uh, partnership in there. So Cyrus Football is in there. I also partner with an agency in Mexico City and also um, two two friends of mine uh, that run a league, a Tiki Taka soccer league. You heard of that league in West Hollywood? They run that league. So we're all partnered up to sort of like uh, bring our communities together um, to create this sort of like hub uh, for, you know, like you said, we'll have outdoor spaces to play, indoor spaces to shop and hang out and do like gallery shows and dinners and hangouts and uh, Q&As with players and people. Um, all the leagues, we talked to La Liga and all the different leagues, they all want to do stuff there. Um, the speakeasy is going to have, has like three private rooms, a big room, a stage, a bar. Uh, we're going to have uh, like seven 70-inch TVs, 
all separate sound systems so people can come in and all the games are on and you know get all that like mashed up sound because i think like the one problem we want to solve with the space is that it's so hard to find a place to watch a match for people that just love football uh, you go to a bar, whatever, if there's anything else on NBA, NFL, you get, you get pushed to the, the third tier, you know, you get that TV in the corner, that little one that nobody wants, uh, yeah. because, you know, Lakers are playing or something in this space is we're first tier always, uh, you know, football people will be number one. Uh, you always know you go there and you're going to have the ultimate experience and, and you're going to be, you're going to feel like uh, our sport is the most important sport. So that was that was sort of the the thing we want to do and you know it's working out fortunately everybody's getting vaccinated now and things are kind of crazy looking up far, finally you know i mean i'm not saying we're close to the end but it's like everything's looking good so it got a little scary there for a while we weren't sure if we're going to be able to make it you know because you know we had to burn for a little while to wait till this thing's over um until people can like we can be humans again together um, but, uh, it's looking good, man. It's looking good. So retail opens in three weeks, um, thousand vintage kits. We have a bunch of people that we got a bunch of stuff coming up from Europe with some really cool announcements from brands in Europe that are going to be participating and doing cool stuff. And yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be dope, but basically like, you know, we're going to have some runway shows there. We're going to do all kinds of stuff in that place. Um, you know, that I think, um, I hope, you know, people will love. Whoa! Yeah, for my co-host, I wanted to ask you guys which part of um, which part of the the indoor outdoor um, downstairs experience are you guys most excited for? Like when you hear this, because like where I'm just buzzing from like the possibilities of it. But like for Dweez and for Slim, like when you hear like this something like this is going to exist, what what are you most excited to try on first? Well, you so, know, Slim's going to be downstairs drinking. I'm going to be outside playing, and Josh is going to be inside nerding out on fashion. You know, that's how it's just going to be. No, that's, I'm just kidding. I'm sure. I'm sure all. Three no, that's of us actually will pretty enjoy. accurate, bro. That's <laughs> yeah. pretty, pretty fucking sure, accurate. No, I'm pretty sure all three of us would enjoy. I mean, come on, we're talking. We don't need to make the comparisons between like religiosity itself and this sport, right? But you've already you've done it by buying a space like that. This is the holy trinity of the game being able to play, being able to geek out on the physical regalia of the sport and then being able to watch games, right? Like in an un, I mean, the way you described it, like immediately put me back. I don't have any Shakira moments of my experiences at La Liga, but I do have the moments where, you know, as someone who preferred Barcelona to Real Madrid, but was living in Madrid, I went to the Vicente Calderon to watch Madrid, the, the Classico Madrid and Barcelona, because I didn't want to go anywhere else in the city and here in America, we get bothered by other sports, but there, I just didn't want to be, you know, encumbered by all these, you know, Pijo Real Madrid fans. And so I, I went to the basement of the Vicente Calderon when they were still playing there and you got to watch the game and it was like in peace. And like, it was, it, I sort of imagined a cross between that and uh, the townhouse has a speakeasy called what is the townhouse's speakeasy called down in Venice? I've seen a bunch of jazz and other artists there. It's called uh, it's at the tip of my tongue, but townhouse Venice has a speakeasy. It's a cross between those two things. What other you know place would you rather watch the game? I don't even think like you know the cock and bull on Lincoln and their age, their ageless like pulling down the curtains quite does it the way like a basement a proper basement uh, watching games would do it so 
for me, I'm excited for all three of them. I don't know, that's, Slim. I inter- I interrupted you and went on my that's a great went on story. My shit. Yeah, I, I love your Calderon story. That's amazing. <laughs> um, no, you're pretty accurate, bro. I'm the most excited for those 70 inch TVs, and you said something about a membership and endless beers. Yeah. Yep. Um. And then, yeah, if uh, I'll probably geek out if you get that black and gold Cantona where he fucking <laughs> Kung Flu kicked someone uh, mid or when he got kicked out the match. I'll probably buy that one if you get it in thick sizes. Um, <laughs> yeah, bro. It's all exciting for us. I mean, we we have our cup. I'm sure all of our supporters have like their little cathedrals where they they go to, you know, be with other football supporters. But you're right. Like it, it always comes second fiddle. To, to if there's a Lakers or Dodgers game on and somewhere where footy fans can feel important and know that, you know, I mean, will you be open for those 4 a.m. matches and stuff too? Uh, we're That's a conversation we're having right now. We got to get a poor soul that wants to show up uh, every time to do that. But I, I think we're going to be close. It depends on permitting, I think, uh, but we're sorting it. We're sorting it. It's, it's, if we can, we will be. We'll figure that out. But yeah, I mean, the password is FCFC Pod. Just knock on the door three times. Uh, you'll you'll be in it for you. Don't worry, it's fine. No, he's, I mean, he's, he's already all, seen the secret door. In all seriousness, though, the way like Matt's describing it, I mean, this is, you know, we had Louis from uh, Nikki Sports on a while ago, and he called Los Angeles the the future soccer capital of the world. And if you have places or even just a place like what you're describing to go to, I'm not surprised when you say like people like, you know, leagues like La Liga and, and other folks, you know, who pass through LA for various <laughs> reasons, cultural or entertainment or otherwise, wouldn't be drawn to something as specific and dope as that. And, you know, you as a local guy who's putting it together and who's appreciated some of those local nuances, I think you know, we always call ourselves the intersection of football and Los Angeles on our pod. It's like, whether you loved LA or you love the game, you mm-hmm. can probably go to a place like this and have a really good time. So we're all looking forward to it, but I'm, I'm, you know, we, we sort of got like ahead of ourselves a little bit. I think there are for our listeners and for other people who don't really know how like Saturday's football came to be or mm-hmm. how, you know, this all evolved. Do you want to kind of walk us through how you got to to, to the moment where you're driving by a, an old church, you're like, you know what, I'm going to get that church and make something happen. Yeah, I mean, it's a long, you know, like I said, uh, you know, you, you go to a, a game at El Camino Community College to watch your national team play in front of a couple thousand people to qualify for a World Cup uh, in a country of, you know, whatever, 300, 400 million people um, to, to this. You know what I mean? It's really like that. there's so many things happen in between to kind of like influence what this Saturday's football brand is. Um, You know, played, played since I was five years old at every single level in the United States Um, from, you know, getting college scholars to be paid a little bit to play um, to um, I owned, uh, I started a website called with a couple of guys called even is in 2004, 2005, that was like way ahead of its time was football culture between before there was any culture and we didn't see it. And we're like, Oh shit, nobody's going to this thing. Uh, uh, I owned, I started a group uh, in 2006. Uh, we bought a PDL team. It was like $75,000 to get your franchise and go play. And before that was before all these like NISAs and UPSLs and those things like didn't even exist. And so we did that for three years, raised money, ran a team, uh, 
you know, it's crazy being on the phone with the Ghanaian Federation. Like I'm talking to the Ghanaian Federation, trying to get a player card for a guy so he can play in a game on Saturday. Like, it's crazy. Like I had all these experiences in, in this sport that have sort of like accumulated over these, like whatever, since 1988 till now, um, or before that even, um, that, you know, goes into what Saturday's football is, which is, you know, essentially, um, you know, a clothing brand, but we, you know, we also, you know, host pickup games, do, do content, throw events. I mean, we've done events for Schalke, events for Mallorca, events for Galaxy, events for, um, uh, we did our own runway show at the top of LAFC Stadium two years ago <laughs> at where the food court is, like 500 people, 45 models, you know, 90 fits, uh, fully, we fully engineered the lighting system for the runway, like projector show, live DJ, it was crazy. Uh, so we do a lot, you know, um, we got a lot of really cool announcements coming up this year. Um, where we're going to work with some pretty big players, you know, creating their brands for them and stuff like that. So it's really like a weird, it's a clothing brand, but it's like all these things put together. Um, I had a couple, I have a bunch of businesses that I sort of stabilized over my life. So they kind of run on their own. So I basically said, I'm going to de de dedicate like the next five, six, six, five to 10 years of my life. Um, to growing this company and, and growing the sport and culture around using this tool, this resource that I have, which is a ton of experience in the game and a ton of business experience um, from running traditional businesses and, and bringing it into the space. And, you know, my other businesses, they run themselves now. Um, I just check in like once a week or twice a week and people run it, but like it really freed me up to like jump right in. So we're three years in now with Saturday's football. Um, from when we started, you know, when we started like, just like making shirts in my garage, um, basically. And like, you know, doing content, doing pickup football, like all that stuff to now we, we had an, we had an office before in Eagle Rock was, you know, like, and then we moved from that office to the, you know, now we're here, we're here in this like space where we're, you know, uh, 2026 is going to be here really soon, which is sort of like a, you know, like a target for a lot of people. Um, I think we're, positioned if you would have told me where we'd be right now three years ago i would have told you to go fucking jump off a cliff like you're stupid <laughs> uh you know like stop shut up you know but like somehow it just got here you know i don't even know how it was a lot of like like making moves and just trying stuff and you know i think the ability to invest everything we make back into the company you know without that stress of having to like pay my mortgage or whatever with this, you know, sort of stuff. I could actually like use that money to grow it more and try things and experiment and do that it was really helpful. So, so now we have, you know, this, this really healthy business um, and we're going to go into retail now for the first time, which will be super fun because nobody's, I had this conversation with somebody the other day. Uh, they're like, what are you doing? Like, why are you going into retail? Like, in this sort of environment, like retail's dying. And I told them, look, like, we're not going to sell cleats. <laughs> we are going to sell kits you have never touched in your life. Like, you could only see them online. You can only, like, possibly buy them from someplace in Europe. Maybe we're going to have them. You can come touch them. You can come look at it. You can come learn about it. You can go. We're going to have 
something that's special there. We're not going to have just your normal stuff. And the other stuff's going to be there is our stuff. And then boutique brands from all over the world, from Japan, from France, from England, are only going to be in that space. So it's going to be a really special environment. Um, <clears throat> and, and that's sort of why it's going to be different. But but yeah, basically, that's how we end up here. You know, like any of these stories, it's just accumulation of sort of like a lot of business failures and successes, <laughs> a lot of them uh, combined to, to give you sort of like a business acumen. And they're just combining that with like, obviously, this obsession I've had for, you know, 35 years or whatever. So combining the two and just sort of like having the ability to dive in without the stress of having to like, you know, pay my rent or do anything where I could just like, I could say no to stuff. You know what I mean? Like sometimes people can't say no to it. It's not there. And I totally get it. Like, you know, they have to say yes to stuff to just to be able to like pay, pay the rent or whatever. So we've been, I've been fortunate enough to like make decisions without a gun to my head uh, in that respect. So that's kind of why it was able to grow pretty fast. Yeah. And for our listeners, I mean, follow, and if you're not following Saturday's football already, because they have a great um, online shop through their Instagram, but also your IG stories, Matt, for Saturday's football is just like full of like some of the craziest like tidbits of like, like vintage soccer culture and like strange, like happenstance meetups of like soccer celebrities and American celebrities. And man, it's just, it's just awesome to, to kind of see. So follow it really good follow. But um, Matt, wh where's the name come from, man? What's Saturday's football, um, the origin of the name? So, so yeah, that's a funny one. Like when we were, you know, uh, college after college, um, it was always like, and again, we're the, we're the weird people that call football, right? At that time, people are like, what is wrong with you? Like, uh, this is way before, you know, anybody thought of naming their club, you know, LAFC, you know, football club. Mm -hmm. uh, it was all soccer, soccer, soccer. But we would always be like, yeah, like, what's up, man? What's, what's up for Saturday's football? Like, are you like playing, watching? Like, what are you doing for Saturday's football? Mm -hmm. uh, so we just kept, that was just something we said constantly. Uh, and then I'm like, you know, when I started this, I was like, there's no fucking way I'm going to get saturdaysfootball.com. There's like no chance that's available. Like, forget it. Like, cause you know, like these days it's all got, you gotta have everything. You gotta get the Instagram. You gotta get the, the, the website. It's all gotta like match and, you know, ideally sure enough, man, like nobody had it. I was like, wow. Okay. Dope. Dope. All right. This is meant to be, I gotta, it's gotta be the name, you know, it's gotta be. So that's just, yeah, that's how that came, came about. The SEO is sick for Saturday's football. It just like, it <laughs> yeah. everything. What one other thing? I'm just gonna read the Saturday's football IG bio. So it's by at the Matt Davis, that Matt Davis. Always play free, exclusive hotline drops. <laughs> we fund free to play. What what's that mean in this context? We fund free to play. Because um, I mean American, I'm sure it has to do with America's play to play structure or pay to play yeah. structure. But um, how does Saturdays involve itself into like, uh, is it like a youth uh, youth league or is it just kind of like a more, more free-flowing uh, pickup game? Yeah, so for us, you know, we don't get into a lot of youth stuff yet. Um, but, you know, we, we, I quickly recognize um, that to even play at all is very, you know, I mean, you either got to pay an app 
or you got to join a league because like, you know, all the field spaces are taken up, you know, all that. It's just, it's just really hard. It, it, there's really a barrier. Honestly, if you, if you try and do it as an adult, there's a huge barrier to just like going out and playing. It's, it's defeating, you know, for a lot of people to just go out and get involved in the game. Even if, you know, just recreationally, even if you just totally suck, but you just want to like <laughs> go play. Um, you have to have a permit. There's like literally they lock the fields up. You know, we rec I recognize this for years. So one of our big things is like always play free. It's sort of like a dual meaning, right? So it's like the style of play we like to play, right? So like take people on, you know, like try things, like, you know, have fun, entertain, you know, always play free. But it's also the fact that like, you know, it's really hard to play play free in the United States. Um, and, you know, when we didn't qualify for the World Cup, I really think that the, the number one problem, the number one reason is because the pay to play system is because that, that even if you're an adult, right, and you want to fall in love with the game, you want to play a little bit, you may have the net, you may give birth to the next Clint Dempsey or something, you know what I mean? But if, if you can't, if you can't experience the game, it's too difficult to go out and play. It's too difficult to go enjoy it. You're just going to not, you know, you're just going to be like, okay, it's just not for me. So we, before the pandemic, we had um, city chapters. So we had Sarius Football, um, New York City, Sarius Football, Dallas, Sarius Football, Austin, Sarius Football, Sacramento. And, and once a week, all those chapters would host free to play. So you could come out, there would be music, there would be free stuff. You come play king of the court and it didn't matter what level, you didn't have to be cool. You didn't have to be someone, you just come out and you could just have a really great experience. So we're starting it back up again um, now that things are getting a little better. So, you know, Umbro, Umbro was set up to, to host us in Chinatown in New York City. Every week on, a, on three basketball courts, we were going to have Cyrus football pickup in Chinatown and on, us, uh, you know, the Lower East Side. Um, we had uh, Sacramento was already playing. We had four games a week going in L.A., one in the Valley, one near the office, one on the West Side. Uh, and another one like close to downtown where it was just, you show up and you play. Um, you didn't need to pay us anything. We provided everything, goals, uh, music, a cool environment and great people. So our whole always play three thing, free thing is we're going to really, really go hard with that in 50 cities, 40, 40 to 50 cities in the next, as soon as, as soon as we get, we already had, you know, big companies ready to help us with it um you just need space man that's the great thing about this game right you don't need a lot you just need a space um you need you know some pop-up goals and before you know it you you get into space with some pop-up goals and some cool people and networks start growing friendships become you know made uh stories are are created you know it doesn't take much but um you know any city in america mostly the big cities you have these guys that like, they have the field. No, we, we want to use the field. No, they have it. They just have it. Mm -hmm. Well, how do they have it? Can I bid on it? No, they just have it. <laughs> it's just like this, like, like mafia uh, thing going on. And, and our whole thing is like to fight against that. You know, there's all these apps popping up that, you know, you pay 10 bucks to go play someplace that you should be able to play for free. Like they just go there. Like they're, they don't even have it. Like they just go there and they're saying, okay, pay us to come here because we got here first for some, I don't know, whatever reason. But I think that everybody's trying to make money off people playing and 
we lose, man. We don't qualify for World Cups when we do that. When you're trying to make mm-hmm. money off the back of players constantly, like like people that just want to play, um, you're not going to get more Pulisic's and you're not going to get, you know, Dempsey's and you're not, it's just not going to happen. So it's, it's just, we're seeing it. So that is our goal as a brand is to like create these chapters in every city where you just always play free, but you know, it can brings together people that just are like-minded and just love the culture and want to play a bit. Doesn't, you don't have to be good. You don't have to be anything, man. Just, just go enjoy it for free. Matt's, Matt's got me want to hang up my skis and my board and just get back to LA with the quickness and acquire some field for myself. Uh, now that I know that they've all been free and they've just been secretly taken over and just, uh, and you know, throw a, throw a flag in the ground for the free to play uh movement i don't know about you guys i'm trying to get slim and josh on the field you know fuck around and get these guys playing a little bit 3v3 man 3v3 it's easy man you don't even have to be in shape you just stand in the corner and you pass the ball once in a while (laughs) bro we had a a copa copa del gordo for our supporters cup where it was like your minimum weight requirement was like was it like 200 i think yeah yeah Dude, and, uh, can we please host that next time, please? Yes, 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 yes. Sadies football can get involved, but um, <laughs> man, always, always play free, man. It's uh, for our listeners. Let just let that just sink in, man. The game, the beautiful game, should be free to us all. Um, dude, that's beautiful, dude. It's uh, Matt Davis, fucking twenty twenty four, dude. That's what we're gonna run it. Oh, as, yeah, uh, get him, get free. this, get this man elected. Get this man elected. Oh, yeah, no, let's take, let's take our second break, and we'll get back with Matt. We'll let everybody. <laughs> get going um shortly but one more one more quick segment man and then we'll let you off the hook i mean that's like that's another thing man that's why you fall in love right it's because like you know, there's all these like things that are way bigger than the sport that are play play into these rivalries, you know, that are like life and death and, you know, politics and religion and uh, socioeconomic and like the, 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 when I go to Boca River game at, at River, I've been to four of them, dude, it ain't about the, it's about the game, but it's like, you think you're richer than us? Fuck you. Oh, you poor fucking people, you piece of shits. You know, like it's it's really like way more than what's happening down there that's fueling all that stuff. Uh, and you don't get that anywhere else. There's no other sport that no. that happens, you know, it just doesn't doesn't exist. Oh man. Let's clap us back in. I'm just I'm just sitting over here thinking about going to that fixture and i'm really jealous the only argentine game i ever went to was boca and independiente at their the huracan while independiente stadium was being under construction dude that's incredible man what are you talking about like no it's great but i mean come on like yeah there will always be the desire to see boca river um if one hasn't seen that fixture before let's pop it back in boys one two three we're back with the boy Matt Davis. Saturday's football, all days football, every day of the week football. Tea time with Dweez here. Our final segment of the show on FCFC Pod. I'm drinking a little Kagoshima Sencha. You guys already know that the 
spring flush for a lot of the Chinese green teas just hit the streets. Hit up my girl E-Man over at Tea Habitat. She doesn't even sponsor the pot. She doesn't even know about the pot. Yo, when I saw that the 2020 long jeans had come in, 2021 long jeans, I ordered that shit with the quickness. I can't wait for the next pod to talk about how delicious they are. Y'all but heard it here first, motherfuckers. I might have to like post up once uh once Saturday's football's you know venue gets underway, whatever the the oh. name of it will be. I might have to set up just a little tea stand out front and distribute tea down. Tea Let's to do people. it. And it'll just be called, you know, you got play free. I'm just gonna be drink free. Just come over here, have a little bit of tea. You know what I mean? I just Forget. miss dude. Forget. I miss I'm I miss giving tea to all the people we have on the pod. Matt, usually we do this this podcast oh, man. record it. We recorded in the backyard uh, in Exposition Park, the same neighborhood where I live and where LAFC calls home. And we get to, you know, share tea and share stories just like we share football. And something about the game, I think, always lends itself to sharing. But one thing I wanted to, to talk about before we hit on recommendations for everyone is just we kind of all of us have just sort of geeked out um, in between segments about kind of stories and memories of the global game and its connections and the things we can learn from the world. But I kind of want to come back to this question of Los Angeles and like um, kind of how you see Saturday's football's relationship <coughs> with LA, uh, even besides, you know, your own connection to it and just how you, how you sort of see whether in this space or Saturday's football looking forward towards 2026. Um, now that we've got, you know, two teams here, we're getting Angel City uh, coming up next year. And we've had the rich tradition of the game here. Just sort of how you see Los Angeles fitting into the picture of Saturday's football. And if, if it will become, as Louis from Nikki says, the global center of soccer someday, football. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't know about the global center. of. I think in the U.S., definitely. Um, you know, like, um, obviously, when LFC and Galaxy play, it's, I don't think there's a bigger game in MLS honestly like that people kind of like all over from 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 you know my experiences traveling all over before covid uh you know i'd be in all kinds of different cities doing meetings for Saturday football and kind of like setting things up and, and everybody would talk about those games um there's so that's that's one thing obviously um you know uh new york has their way um you know but but la special I, to me obviously because you know i spent most of my life here um I think that the, the mix of, um, you know, the people, um, the, the, the cultures, um, they lend itself really well to the sport, you know, more than any, you know, any other sport could, um, you know, so, so I don't know about the global center of the game. Uh, that's, that's, I don't know if that's pushing it far, but like for the U S for sure, I think we probably already are the, the center of it all here. Um, you know, the big players play here. I mean, both teams, you know, the biggest players um, are playing here. I feel, you know, New, you know, obviously like New York City FC with the Davavia and stuff like that. But when it comes to like big, big players, you know, when it comes to Vela and Ibra and like those, those are big players. They're, they're always coming to one of these two teams, you know, really. Um, Henri was big. You know, I'm trying to think of other other guys that I think were like huge. Um, but every time, you know, maybe Miami will make, make some moves because Beckham has a great network and people want to like be involved with him, but, but still, you know, LA's 
solid, you know, whatever, 12.5 million people in LA County, uh, not, not counting what, you know, all these other people think is LA, which is Orange County, which is definitely not LA. Everybody, if you're listening to this outside of LA, Orange County is not LA. Um, you know, so, so it's a big, big giant space with a lot of people from different places and stuff. So like, you don't really get that anywhere else. So I honestly think we already are the center of everything going on um, in the U.S. And, you know, hopefully, you know, uh, the, you know, we could see what happens in the future in terms of like global presence. But, yeah, we're definitely the center of it here, I think. Are we going to are we going to get to see any like L.A. and Los Angeles based brands and designers in the in the Saturday's football, you know, <laughs> headquarters as well as all the global global. Players? Yeah, no, man, I'm I'm reaching out. So we're going to have like a rotating thing uh there uh where people can you know put stuff on consignment you know because smaller brands they don't really you know i get it man like you don't have like a ton to make a you know like a ton of pieces to have place and people buy it so so yeah no definitely want to have you know really quality brands in the space so that's sort of like the next step we've got our like sort of like marquee people already in which we'll announce in the next two weeks um and um and then we'll follow up with like you know smaller local stuff but i always want to do promotion of 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 brands in in the community so um we're gonna do weekend outdoor stuff like uh you know we had a, a event called KitCon that got that i created that we got it got completely like canceled because of covid but um you know we were hosting we're gonna host it at your stadium actually we had it all said it was good we had like Kappa was going to fly in an exhibition on the combat material from their jerseys from Turin. We had uh, Adidas in, we had all these MLS teams sending in jerseys, like all this kind of like stuff. Uh, and then COVID hit. So it got canceled, but you know, we're going to be doing these like kitcom meetups where people can come in on a weekend. There'll be a ton of kits outside and like buckets of beer and you just crack a beer you bring in a kit, like kits you want to buy, sell, trade. You can buy some that we have. You can buy, sell, trade with each other. Um, there'll be other little brands there, you know, local brands and stuff. So it'll be a cool, like, environment. Like, um, it, we're going to call it Second Saturdays. So every second Saturday of the month, you can come and, like, chill in the front yard and backyard of our place and, and just do that. So I think, like, yeah, promoting everybody that's doing cool stuff um, in the community is is definitely gonna happen yeah i think i'm i'm aroused right now from from <laughs> that idea <laughs> but uh no matt you wild man because like when i when i first met matt he, he showed me the he showed me the space this dude had um a sign francesco totti roma kid just sitting on a cardboard box somewhere and i was like there was like some scribble on the number 10 and i was like so is that um authentic and he's like oh yeah yeah for sure we, we we bought like five of them it's fine and so like you've just <laughs> been sitting by five of them <laughs> the the whole the wholesale game and even with KitCon and like i can't imagine the the headache it was to be sitting on that much um sitting on that much from all parts of the world for an exhibition that that unfortunately didn't happen but for you man who's seen so much of uh the game pass through through garments like this like is there still are there still kits that come through like your hands that come through Saturday's football that you still get like hyped and excited about. Yeah. I mean, like there's certain things you just never have touched before, <laughs> you know, like you just like, you see it. Uh, you're not sure if it's real, if you're seeing it online. Right. Like, cause there's so yeah. many kids now. Um, and then you get it 
and you know it's real it's in your hands like a like a 93 92 93 bruised banana like arsenal kit that actually is real in your hands like we have it at the store you know those things go from anywhere from 350 pounds to 500 pounds you know depending on the the condition that's for one kit um and like yeah i have it in my hands finally like like two weeks ago you know it was like crazy i'm like okay fuck this is this is like spiritual a little bit here (laughs) (laughs) uh you know there's some j league kits that i've never Uh. never fucking seen oh i've seen them but like again are they real are they not real that i have it in my hand uh it's kind of crazy to me uh that we have it you know there's uh a Santos penalty jersey, that brand from Brazil penalty. Like, I don't even fucking know what year it is. I got to look it up. It's like so crazy. I don't even know the materials like, like a sweater. It's just weird. Uh, there's just like so many, man. These like, you know, we have an obsession with name sets around our place because we put them on like streetwear. So we basically were the first ones to take name sets and put them on champion sweatshirts. So you're combining like, the streetwear staple which is a champion crew neck sweatshirt like everybody i think has one um and throwing on like some vintage name sets we found uh that are felt flocked and we just put them on there and it's like the instructions are in the bag it's like do not dry this (laughs) wash it exactly like this because it's like this beautiful delicate thing like and you want to wear it all the time but you know you might fuck it up you know (laughs) if you you treat it badly um so I think the Jersey, like, you know, all these people get into collecting and they like throw their Jersey in the freaking laundry and boom. Oh, what happened to my numbers? What happened to this? You know? Yeah, man. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. You got to treat it right. Like you, you, you turn it inside out, man. And like, if you're going to dry it, do this, but hang it nicely. Like, you know, like, so we're very like crazy about that stuff where we, I mean, we got into like a Sampdoria La Coque Sportif mint condition Batistuta Jersey the other day. And I was just like, Oh my God, like, Jesus Christ, I've never touched this before. It it is a lot of those things going on with just launching the retail spot. You know, we get these packages in from like Poland or the Ukraine and they're like, oh, fucking beat up. And like, you know, they, and you just like, oh, you just like, everybody gathers around and all the interns and me, we like slice it open. And we just like a little treasure chest. You just pull these things out and you're like, what's oh shit and then we just go oh that's the you know remember that kid that was when they had you know the one year that they did that you know we just had the we put a jersey up an hour ago on the side or two hours ago it was Henri's arsenal jersey when he came back for one season on loan it's the only season he wore number 12 not number 14 and we put it up for i think 165 bucks sold in like less than five minutes wow um you know, because remember it's just, that I remember when he came back. He came back scoring. He came back blazing. <laughs> I want that twelve. Why, Matt? Why are you holding out on us, bro? You know <laughs> Arsenal, man, you know I'm Arsenal man. Come on, man. We've got more coming, man. We got more coming. Like, uh, but these are the things that you're gonna be able to come to the store, to the the space, and be able to like touch and feel and hang out and look at and talk about with people and just share stories. And you know, it's that it's gonna be that kind of place. Um, where you can come we'll have a whiskey tasting you know you pay for a whiskey tasting and and sit around a bunch of kits and we have a whiskey company you come in and you do whiskey tasting and you guys just shoot the shit about your football experiences you know like that that kind of thing there but yeah to your question josh we're super obsessed with 
all things garments in this game. That's awesome, man. What's um before I let the guys take it over with possibly some recommendations. What's uh what were some of the sponsors on the Japanese kits, the Jay Lee kits that you saw? Was it uh, so, anything crazy? So a lot of like uh, Mitsubishi, uh, Toyota, uh, Sega. There's some oh. a crazy Sega, like a crazy Sega uh, logo with the uh, who's the character? Sorry, my brain is like mush because of uh, child business late, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Sonic was it Sonic. Yeah, it was Sonic. So Sonic, oh, what? Sonic with Sega. It's sick. I it's have got seen a yellow, that one. Yellow collar, white with it. Yeah, it's we have one mint mint condition. Uh, oh. at, it's gonna be in store only. Like you have to. We won't put. We're not putting it online. You can only buy it if you show up at the stop at the shop. You know, Jay Lee don't have none of my <laughs> sizes. Them skinny ass <laughs> fuckers. <laughs> oh man amazing well the kit the kits will be exclusive they'll be uh the play will be free the tea will be free the whiskey and the memberships and eh, maybe not free but we're all looking forward to it matt um thanks again for coming on guys i think let's close it out with some recommendations for this week fcfc recommends um this past week i took on josh's recommendation and just been watching formula one all week um love formula one yeah i never thought i would become a fan of racing but i i'm going for some of these young bucks like uh leclerc Charles leclerc yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. he's a beautiful Um, man (laughs) and since we're in the spirit of like the the collector type mentality right now um i've actually i haven't really gotten into it but i'm starting to learn about nfts um, you know, just about like these, these cards and like these, these artists that are starting to, to put their work out. And, um, you know, it's interesting cause they're actually making the royalties once, like if, if they sold a piece for like $2,000 and then they start doing all this other shit. And then that guy sells his art for like $12,000, then he's still getting kicked back on it. So it's just like, it's a dope way where like, artists are going to get their just due through this digital world that's being created like from bitcoin and all this shit so um definitely something interesting to look into it's it's also it also could be a good investment um for for you know anything from art to basketball cards to whatever the music i don't know it's a whole bunch of shit going on right now in the digital space yeah. As we're all excited for the physical world, Slim is trying to coax us back and in, further into the digital world. I love it. <laughs> and I'm down with getting the middleman out of here. Spice, do you got a recommendation? Man. Um, okay, so the Drive to Survive Netflix stuff is at, it was my entry entry point in. I was recommended to me as well. And I've just been on this ridiculous, weird-ass F1 binge just because it's it's similar to footy in that you re- once you start like, you know, pulling the string, you just see like the entire world has has a stake in in racing, you know, and um, like found out that the Ferrari fans are called the Tifosi the other day. And I was just like, holy shit, like this is like gang, gang. this is some this is some soccer shit, you know, like this is some footy shit. Like I'm those guys um, at La Monza at the Monza track are definitely the same fuckers who are like up in Milan and Inter and fucking Roma and, mm-hmm. and Atalanta and all them. So understanding football culture helped me understand like how passionate people can be on racing. Like it's, I guess, even 
it's similarly primal and, you know, in, in a way of just seeing people want to go fast and shit. But uh, YouTube recommendation is Tomo F1. He's like a YouTube content creator on Formula One who started a year ago, <laughs> a year ago. He used to be a football content creator, but he's like, I guess it's not really working. So he just like, he's like, I'm just going to redesign um, Formula One helmets and Formula <laughs> One kits. And um, yeah, it's wild, man. I, just, I love all the pageantry and I love the sponsorships and I love all the, all the, all the clothes that comes out of it. And I'm trying to buy uh, a freaking scale one one to one scale uh yeah spice is about to roll up to the fucking <laughs> next lafc match in a full fucking race suit onesie and a helmet like yo it's about to be lit spice bro i mean i don't even like dri- like i love driving i don't like going fast that much but i i fucking love this stuff it's nah, weird. I'm, I'm pretty sure like the next time there's lafc matches on on the wrong day you're gonna be like hearing from slim and spice like nah we're going to vegas to catch the nascar game you know so i'm, ready. I'm just waiting for that bro fuck nascar um, them slow ass motherfuckers <laughs> matt do you have a, a recommendation you want to give to the uh, listeners can be can be just about anything anything out there i have, I have two one one for josh uh Check out the Austin Bold, man. They're owned by the track in Austin. That team is owned by the same people that own the in the the Formula One track at Austin. Their stadium is really? inside the track. What? <laughs> Dude, that's insane. I didn't know that. Okay, USL, awesome. USL team. Austin yeah, Bold. Austin Bold. Check it out. They're they're literally their stadiums inside the track. They told me. Oh, All right, dude, so we're going sick. to Austin Bold match next year. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. the F1, F American F1 circuit is in Austin too. So that's, yeah. I've, been, I've been trying to figure that shit out. Okay, hell yeah. So, so yeah, follow follow them and check them out. They're really cool people. We we're gonna be doing we we possibly doing some stuff with them, but uh yeah, they're 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 dope. They're the yeah. you know the little brother in town, but they're uh they're super cool. Uh, and then check out the Pele documentary on Netflix, man. It was I thought it was gonna be shit. It was really good. Nice. As good I, as is it just called Pele. The what? Go ahead, Josh. Good as the what? Uh, I was saying, is it as good as the Maradona one, the HBO one? Yeah, I think it's like obviously Maradona's a circus, you know, so it's a little different. But um, it's do you know Pele is shockingly old now? Like, like you, you really hit you, you're like whoa, this he's like in a wheelchair, you know, the whole thing. But um, it it delves deeply into um, how fucking rough his life and career was in terms of like pressure to win pressure to like, you know, there's a thing that doesn't happen in other countries, in other sports as well is where one player has to put the entire nation on their shoulders, you know, type of thing where you don't see that maybe in the Olympics for four weeks or some shit like that, but like not for, you know, decades like, like him. And, and you, when you say decades, like from democracy to a dictatorship to democracy again, like, you know, like, you know, and what do you do if you're the most famous, like, hope of a nation? So, uh, yeah, it's incredible. The documentary, you know, because, like, you could, you can get pretty boring with those things because everybody knows so much about him already. But um, it was, man, I, I mean, I've been around this shit forever, and I was, like, really, like, whoa, okay, I didn't realize that kind of stuff. So, yeah, check it out. It's worth yeah. two hours of your life. I've been wanting to watch it. It's just every time I turn it on, I start reading the subtitles because I, st- I start late and I'm just like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Eyes are trooping. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. Tro- 
<laughs> I actually I actually have the same experience with Slim. I threw it on recently and I was watching it with subtitles, but our ja our Japanese subtitles were on and that was making things a little bit too hard what around the that? household. So then I just had what? to just I had to I had to, you know what guys, I can't be studying too many languages at one time. I gotta drop it and I do gotta watch that. I, I actually have it on the docket as well as the biggie, the biggie doc. And yeah, you know, I heard that one's by the way, good too. March 9th today, as we're recording this, RIP Biggie. We probably should have said that right in the beginning, you know? Really? You know, we, we ain't a New York pod over here, but we respect the man, the notorious B.I.G. Yes, sir. And, Thank uh, you for making Fat Sexy Big. Hey, listen to minute, <laughs> Mr. C, the finisher Mr. C's four-hour legendary Biggie mix that he recorded on his 10-year death anniversary, I believe. So now it's like 15 years old. That shit is incredible. Mr. Really? C, Hot 97, four-hour Biggie mix. Next time you want to get yourself some Biggie, I think it's free online somewhere. Um, my recommendation is, you know, we had a couple on the podcast a long time ago, and they had a mission, and it was called Bring NWSL to LA. And they, you know, then moved on to making banners, and then they moved on to campaigning for it. And you know, making stickers. And I've got the sticker still on my, my tea mug over here. And I put my deposit down for the Angel City FC games uh, hey. this last week. And, you know, I just wanted to remind people, especially those who got onto LAFC late um, and who couldn't <clears throat> get a ticket in the supporter section or find a ticket in the stadium, how real, how dope they realized it was. Maybe they slept on whether or not LAFC was going to pull it off. Um, you know, I think, I think we, we at the pod, I speak for my host, we, we support women's soccer in the city and we want to see it win. And I, and I think you'd be a fool, you know, if you've got, if you've got the funds to, to do it, it's, I think it's a hundred bucks I put down to, to, to get a two seats, um, two seat deposit. And, you know, you're going to be picking them this summer. So I just don't want people to sleep. You know, you might miss out. You might not get your seat because I have a feeling this team's going to do special things and yeah, just shout out to Mark and Lindsay, everyone at Angel City FC, going to be sharing a stadium with LAFC, obviously. So check that out and don't sleep on it. Oh, yeah. Shout out Mark and Lindsay. Natalie Portman, I love you. Come on the pod, Natalie. Hey, I don't know if I'm ready for all that. I might get all fucking clammy and shit. But <laughs> on that note, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of the FCFC pod. We appreciate y'all tuning in. And we'll see you next week. Peace, motherfuckers. FCFC. 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 FCFC.